Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another Spartan 160 EN podcast. An eventful one today. I am joined by my two my two close friends. One is uh, Steph. How are you doing, Steph? I'm feeling pretty amazing. Uh, we have we uh, we have our Twitter account back, which now is uh, Sporting One Hundred and Sixty underscore En, uh, together with our brothers Sporting One Hundred and Sixty from uh, Portugal and Sporting One Hundred and Sixty underscore Es from Spain. So I'm happy because our account was suspended. And just because we made the silly mistake of uh, posting uh, videos with the Sporting TV logo, and we shall not make the same mistake twice. So we've learned from our mistakes. Um, but I would like to thank everybody for their support and uh, uh, following us back right away with the new account. And uh, we as a team would like to apologize for any inconvenience. But uh, we can guarantee you that we're not going to make the same mistake twice. So on behalf of myself, Danny Saldana, Patrick, Rita, uh, um, Bruno Brito, and uh, Sam, uh, thank you so much for being so faithful. That's it. Yeah, and um, I'll quickly get on my points too. But Patrick, how are you doing, bro? I'm good, yes. It feels like, um, well, it has been a while. I was just talking to Steph off there. It's been a while since I was last on, but um, obviously, sporting's changed a little bit since since then, and um, I'm looking forward to put some positive um, stuff about sporting again. Yeah, and um, quickly, just to, to touch on that again, um, we have a new Twitter account. It's Sporting160 underscore en. Uh, the other one got suspended permanently. Um, like Steph said, me and Steph, uh, we're the ones usually on the Twitter account. And uh, we post every now and again, we'll post the goals on, on some games. And then over the weekend, um, we got screwed for it, not only for the game this weekend against, Sha- uh, against Abj, but also the one the week prior. We also got uh, copyright infringement claims um, from, uh, from Sport TV. And, uh, you know, we should have known better. Um, I guess we just got away with with one too many and we thought we can you know continue it on i honestly thought it isn't an issue unless you're getting paid off of it or any sort of money off of it um but uh it is and and that's that's the rules that's the regulations we broke it um but yeah thank you everybody for your support the hashtags of uh of uh fan zone and uh constant comments uh comments and tweets towards sparse tv very appreciative of that um and yeah, follow the new page. Tell your friends about the new page. And um, yeah, we won't make the same mistake again. Anyways, let's go on to the uh, to the to the uh, soccer or football that happened over the weekend. Um, Sporting beat Avs four one. Um, I have the lineup here. Oh crap! Went away. Give me one second. It's the same lineup that has been under Kaiser for the last four games. Now this was Kaiser's first uh, home game. Uh, at José Avalad, século XXI. And the lineup was as follows. Uh, Renan Ribeiro in net. We had Marc Jacuinha at left-back. Jeremy Mathieu at centre-back. Coates uh, at centre-back as well as his partner. Bruno Gaspar in midfield. We had Bruno Fernandes, Gudeli and Wendel. And up top we had Nani, Diaby and Baz Dost. Steph, 
I'm gonna give kick it off to you. Uh, what do you think about the game, bro? Initially, um, I've uh, played um, with uh, <clears throat> very defensively, but with a lethal counterattack. And we should have expected that because uh, we know Jose Mota, how he plays. Uh, we know Jose Mota from past Freds and so on. And um, I wasn't surprised, but at the same time, um, I was expecting our team to adjust to the circumstances, which we did eventually. Uh, but I've really scared me a little bit. Um, they scored first. It was uh, a surprising momentum from them. But they were playing well. Uh, the, the truth is they were playing well. And then we came back and um, we scored. And, you know, for those that say it was not a penalty, I mean, just watching in slow motion once or twice or three times, how many times you need to watch it, it was a penalty. And uh, we, we tied the game up, and then we scored the, the second, third, fourth fourth goal. Not to go into into too many details, but overall, we didn't play a pretty game, but we won 4-1. Um, and I'm pretty sure you'll be asking us about the doubtful plays, so I'm not going to dig into it. I don't want to spoil it for you. Exactly. Um, Thank you. Thank you. I know. <laughs> I, I, I know you by now, so I'll, I'll I'll let you ask me the questions and Patrick, and put us on the spot. But you know, overall, the game was not a pretty game. It was one of our, of the worst games uh, in the Kaiser era. But we won four one. I mean, and when you win four one, not playing well, and you still score four goals. Wow, that's still a good a good day. You know what I mean? I mean, what is it now? Seventeen goals goal scored and four goals against under yep. the uh, Kaiser era. Yep, seventeen yeah. goals, four against, all in yeah. four games. Four yeah, games in four games uh, with the second best attack. I think with the fourth or fifth best defense, we have twelve ge- goals against us. Uh, but I'll take that. We we are in the fight for the title. And it's December, like our virals like to say, Christmas is here and we're fighting for the title. And I like our chances. Um, you know, so to talk about the game, because I don't want to talk about the possible players we could get. I don't know if you're going to touch into that because I've seen some amazing names associated with Sporting. Maybe you'll touch on that. But the Avs game... We won Friends Square, who scored more goals than Avs. And then we'll talk about the uh, doubtful calls. Um, but I liked it um, because not we're not going to win it every game with pretty football or soccer, like we say in the U.S. Uh, and I'll take the win. And that's it. Fair enough, fair enough. Did I mute myself? Good, I'm not muted. Patrick, bro, tell me, uh, tell me what you thought of uh, the four-one win over the weekend. Yeah, I'd have to agree with um, with Steph on on what he thought about the game. It was certainly, in my opinion, um, the worst of the four performances that we've seen. 
um, from Kaiser's Sporting. Um, but still, you know, it would come out with a 4-1 victory. And uh, for me, that's enough to put a smile on my face. Um, because it was a complicated game, I think Sporting um, started uh, a little slower than they would have liked. And you can see um, with how deep um, others were at times and then they were able to lure us into uh, pressing traps. Um, we sort of, I felt like Sporting sort of lost their way a bit and they sort of drifted away from trying to connect those short passes and certain players were trying to boot it long again. It was like a throwback to the Pozzolo days. Um, but, um, you know, we have, to, we have to look at it on face value. I've just got the goal first and they probably deserved it for the, um, for the work they put in early on. Um, but we did well with, with a bit of luck, of course. Um, obviously, it, it was a clear penalty, but then we also had the Nani goal that was deflected. Um, so we got those two goals and we were able to flip the game around and go into half time, clear our heads a bit and, and try to uh, put out a, a better display in the second half. And that's what we did. I thought second half, we were a lot more calm and composed on the ball. Um, the likes of uh, Bruno Fernandes and Vendel were able to come into midfield and help out the defence a little more with uh, ball circulation, which was missing in the first half. Um, and we saw a better display from from, the, from our team. Um, not not as good as we had seen in the, the three games prior to that, um, but good enough to um, to cause us some problems. Um, and it just goes to show, you know, you know, there's a lot of potential in this team. We're still very early. Uh, in the Kaiser process um, and, and we really need to give um, Kaiser the time um, to work his magic essentially because there will be times where um, our mistakes might be costly and, and um, the result is different um, but you know with, with time with patience I think he'll be able to fine tune this team we'll be able to uh, pass the ball a lot more slicker um, and, and, you know, in general, just be patient and, and know how to stick to our plans. And by doing that, I think we'll become a, a very interesting side um, to watch, not just in Portugal, but um, on a European scale. And, and, you know, when you've got the likes of Bruno Fernandes and Vendel and, uh, and, and, and others, you know, it's a very talented team. And I think it's a very exciting time now um, to be a sporting fan. Yeah, exactly. And um, so we'll get right into it. I don't really have any other opposing views as to you guys. I think the only thing, um, like Patrick said, was in the first half, we sort of got away from that Kaiser ideology, I guess we'll say. And then at the second half, especially when Acuna went off, which was which was strange, um, we got more to that and, and we started dominating the game more and basically Avs were ineffective. Um, but uh, we'll start off with commentaries on the game. Steph, I'll start off with you. Um, the Avs goal right, came right on the 16th minute um, from, a, from a, a free kick. Um, who do you put at fault for that, if you do put anybody at fault? Do you think Renan is at fault for maybe his positioning? Do you think um, Koats and Bazdas, who are the men closer to the, uh, closer to the striker or the player that scored, uh, do you think they're at fault? Well, how do you see that goal going in? Well, you know, uh, it, it was a, a, a very fast play, and uh, of course, we can we can blame the whole defense. Um, but you know, it, it was one of those typical plays that uh, Avs took advantage of. Uh, 
our defense not being attentive. Uh, I mean, if, if you look at every goal, um, you know, I mean, the, the, the guy he elevating himself before uh, Kowatch and, and Machir, and um, it was a beautiful goal. I mean, I hate to say it, but it was a, nav- a Navs player scoring the goal. No one was expecting it because we had a taller team than Avs. But what a what a beautiful, awesome goal! I mean, Saint Spinias, like we say in the Portuguese idiom. Um, and there's nothing to say about that. It's one of those goals that, uh, even though if our player was on top of him, he anticipated before him, and he got the advantage just in a, in a fraction of a second. So can I blame our defense for that? I could, but it's uh, it's really pushing it uh, because it was just a perfect cross, perfect corner to the perfect uh, player, and he just anticipating himself by a fraction of a second. And th- there's nothing else I can say. Uh, I'm really not going to blame anybody, especially Nav Urena. I mean, it's easy to blame a goalie that not too many people like him, but the ball was what's punched in into the ground and then hit the post. I don't think he had a chance, so it's not Rena's fault whatsoever. And I'm not even going to say it was the the the, uh, the sweeper or the stopper's fault because it wasn't. It was just that the the, the offs player anticipa- anticipating himself first than anybody else. That's all. Fair enough. And uh, Patrick, how about you? Um, well, probably could ask um, from uh, Fernande between the sticks, and obviously, um, very easily point put your fingers at the marking. Um, but you know these goals are, are, are pretty standard, I think, in general in football, and they will be conceded from time to time. So, um, you know, just take it as it is, and and. It was a good response after from uh, as uh, sporting, um, particularly in the second half, uh, and to make sure that sporting weren't caught out in situation like that again. Um, but yeah, I think those those type of goals you just got to take it as it is. Yeah, fair enough. I think uh, at least at, at the time I thought Renan could have done better positionally, could have been more to the side. But the more I look at the replays. He was no. there. Like, no, no, I agree. I agree with you guys. I'm saying at the time of watching the game, I was pissed. I thought Renan could have done better. Looking over at the replays, I, I agree. Um, I don't want know, him to be. I don't want him to be the scapegoat. Yeah. And it sounds like everyone is looking for a scapegoat, and we have to stop with that because no, no one, no way, Renan not culpable. Yeah, that's fair. And he did. He did have a really good game. Uh, um, that game as well. To yeah. be fair to him, he saved a few uh, breakaways. Anyway, speaking of a breakaway, um, there was one where uh, Jose Mata um, claims was a penalty. It came on the not too long after the goal. I believe the twentieth minute. Yeah, the twentieth minute. Um, Coates sort of uh, chasing uh, number twenty-three. I don't know who um, his name right now. Um, sort of comes across him. Doesn't seem like there is contact. Jose Mata at least uh, believed so. Uh, Steph, uh, what do you think? Well, I did see some contact. And, and you know what? It, it could have been called. Um, 
I'm not gonna say that uh, if if I was the the referee, I would have been like doubtful, and then I would have relied on on who, on the VAR, the VAR, and then I would wait for them to give me a call and 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 let me know, hey, uh, it's a normal play. The intensity is very low, so don't don't worry about it. It's it's the player just took advantage of this the the tiny smallest contact. And it just fell into the ground, so it's nothing significant. And that's what I think it was. But I wouldn't have been surprised if the referee called it. Because Kowatsch did kind of, you know, touch him and kind of stopped him a little. And, you know, it, it's, it's one of those 1 to 10, scale 1 to 10. Was the intensity a 5 or 6 or 4 or 3 or a 9 or a 10? And I guess the, 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 the VAR referee decided that the intensity was very low, and that's why they didn't call the penalty. Fair enough. And uh, Patrick, what about you? Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those that um, a little bit more uh, contact behind it, and you certainly see it given, but I don't personally think there was enough from Coates, um to essentially give away the penalty. He, it is one of those situations that where you do, you do sort of hope that your player takes a little bit more care in the situation. I don't think Kuatish, um really did and he sort of opened the question up a little bit um, as to whether it should or shouldn't be a penalty. I think now in that sort of situation from a tight angle as well, um, you really have to just you know hold your hands up and trust your goalkeeper to make the save. Um, uh, because you know what happened was he did make the save. Um, um, so yeah, I think um, main thing to take from that is that um, Quarters in particular, and we have a few uh, players in defence that aren't at their best um, in terms of form. Quarters is one of them, and um, certainly in situations like that, I think you just have to um, be a little bit be a little bit more switched on and. Um, make sure you're not taking too many risks and, and trust your teammates. And I don't think Quartas really did that there. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree with both of you. Um, and then our penalty decision. Again, um, Jose Mata seemed to be uh, furious on the sidelines. He ended up clapping uh, towards the direction of the ref, which got him kicked out of the game. He said he was clapping to um, to one of his players which seems ridiculous, obviously, uh, but he's a ridiculous man. What can we say? Um, Patrick, I'll start with you. Penalty, clear penalty, not a penalty for you. What do you think? Yeah, it was a clear penalty. I mean, his leg is stretched out and it makes no contact with the ball and instead makes contact with the RB, um, with a kick on the chest. You know, if you, if you place that anywhere else in the, on the pitch, um, it's a definite foul and and so it should be as well in the box. And obviously, Motta is uh, visibly annoyed. Um, you can very, you can tell that the applause was directed at the referee as well, so he has no excuse. And then once he gets sent off, he did the same thing anyway. Um, so I think we can, we can all uh, put one and one together and and, and see that those applause, those sarcastic uh, applauses were directed at the referee. You know, and I think. It's one of those situations. We had a team, uh, we we played a team not long ago that, um, was it Boa Vista or something like that? And 
They really had no complaints either. Um, they shouldn't have had any complaints, uh, but they did. Um, and, you know, I think sometimes small teams hide um, behind the fact that uh, big teams have uh, so much influence and it becomes an easy card to play whenever they get um, outclassed and whatnot. And I think that's what I've uh, tried to do um, this time round. Not that they got outclassed by us at all. Um, the the, the scoreline certainly um, tells a different story. Um, but, you know, I think they'll be disappointed that they uh, let a promising uh, display get out of their hands. And it manifest, the frustration manifested itself in, um, you know, essentially claiming that uh, we were helped by the referee. But I think there's no there's no doubts uh, in any in anyone's mind, um, uh, unless you're very biased that that wasn't uh, um, a penalty. I think Sporting uh, got the right decision, and um, everything's fair from here. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Steph, I don't think I need to come to you on that. You agree that's a penalty? Yes. Yeah, perfect. Um, so my next question is on Mark Jaquinha, who ended up seeing a second yellow in this game. A right call from the ref. Uh, I think we all have nothing to complain about. First yellow, he sort of collides heads with um, with one of the Avs player in frustration. Uh, and then the second yellow, he sort of comes on top of a guy of, uh, I think it's Nilu Petrolina uh, as he's running towards the box. Um, he was last man as it was anyway, so... If it wasn't a second yellow, it would have been a straight red in my eyes. So right call from the ref. We have nothing to complain about. My question, though, um, is two straight games for Marcus Aquinha playing under Kaiser, and he plays playing very aggressive. Um, this time, you know, like I mentioned, getting the red. He's probably going to start against Vorskla. I, th- I think at least Kaiser said that. But against Guimarães, when he is back from the suspension, do you guys still start him? Or do you – I know it's Jefferson, and I know it's easy to say we should go with, with Aquinha, but – um, you know, we can't have any, we can't be risking a, a yellow card every or a red card every single game. So Patrick, I'll, I'll I'll throw it off to you first. Um should we do we do we keep and maintain Mark Shaquinha when he's back? Or? Yeah, I would um, I think he's obviously he's an aggressive uh, player, but it's that's also part of the reason why um when he was playing left mid and we were all calling for him to play left back, you know, his aggression um, is what we all quoted as uh, a reason for him being suited to that role. Um, and I think we should still go on with that. Obviously, he is a player who's quite sparky. He will need to learn how to keep a lid on things um, when when things are tight, essentially, when he's on the yellow card and and or when tempers flare. Um, you know, that's what we get from him. He's a player who gives it his... All he gives it a hundred percent, and um, for sure, I think uh, for Sporting's dynamic and uh, for for what Sporting uh, will look to play under Kaiser, I think Acuna, um, even with Pizarro, I think Acuna was uh, was always the best option uh, for us at left back, and I think that will continue. A red card doesn't change that, um, especially coming from him. Uh, we, we just hope that he he learns his lesson a little bit, and, and whenever he's on the yellow or whenever there's trouble, he he stays out of it or at least participates in, in a way that's intelligent and doesn't get him in trouble. For sure. Steph, how about you, man? Well, I feel the same way. I mean, uh, we, 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 all, we all have um, 
certain trade trademarks in our lives. I mean, just in, in our podcast, you know, we have maybe like Patrick is more calm than I am. I'm more emotional. You're more, you know, um, tactical. And Acuna is Latino. He's from South America. His his blood, you know, boils in very little water. And and I like that about him. I think the only problem is he has to contain himself talking to referees, not so much playing aggressively. I think his aggress- uh, him being an ag- aggressive is welcomed, but he has to avoid talking to the referees. I think that's what gets him in trouble uh, because uh, the Portuguese um, culture, we also uh, boil in very little water. So Argentinian culture with Portuguese culture, it, it's very alike. So, and Kaiser, I think he's been trying to, to to work with him on that, on his uh, personality and his character to to tell him to you know dial down a bit. So no, I would start him again. No, no fucking doubt, he's the best player we have on the left wing and and left fullback. There's we have no better option. Um, so yeah, I would start him again next game and next game and next game and next game. I don't give a shit how many yellow cards he gets, but of course I would try to solve the problem. Which I'm really, um, I'm really certain that the coaching staff will be working on that with him, because um, he tends to explode on that moment of the game, when in the game, and there's nothing the coaching staff can do. At that point in time, the coaching staff is on the sidelines. They can control that specific at that moment situation. So they can only coach him in in practice at the shit to dial down and take a deep breath, walk away. I don't know, you know. But uh, that's my take on it. Yeah, and uh, I agree with both of you. I'd I'd also start him against Gimenez, um, but it it it's mainly. Um, it's mainly on the fact that I can't really put my faith into Jefferson or even Lumor. Um, not saying I like Acuna and I like him a lot. And and one of the things that that I truly do like about Acuna is that you know that um, like I don't want to blame it on his on his Latinoness, but it definitely is that you know that fire in his belly. You know that that I need to kick everybody's ass mentality sort of thing and, and that anger that he has and he brings towards the game and the and the aggression. But at the same time, it's it's knowing how to control that. Um, against Triwav, he had a stupid he made a he he in my eyes, he 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 could have avoided the yellow card. And then on top of that, you know, it's an early yellow card, which puts him at risk for most of the game, which is why Jefferson came in. Same thing with with uh, this game against Av. She gets a stupid yellow card. Um, I understand he's still he's, he's sort of protecting his teammate at the time he did it, but he, there's other ways about it. You can you know chill out, like fucking cuss him out, do whatever, but you don't have to put your head towards his head. You don't have to really make that aggression and and take it too far. Um, I hope that Kaiser takes you know takes him aside and really has a talk to him because that's two straight games under Kaiser that Acuna technically looks good, but. Just in terms of managing the game, sort of, uh, he doesn't. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with both of you. I'd, I'd start him against Guimarães for sure. Um, 
my next question, um, I'll, I'll sort of answer it because at I, I, first, then I'll, I'll send it off to you guys of what you think, uh, because I've, I've definitely been one of his biggest critics. Uh, I, I sort of still am, but um, basically, are we, are we being too, too harsh on Diaby? Uh, because um, myself included, there's, there's, a, there's a good portion of Spartanguistas frustrated with Diaby, um, thinking that, or, or not even, you know, I, I, I'll, from my point of view, I, I personally don't think he's a, he's a winger, um, which is why I'm dying for Rafinha to get back. Though Diaby's played well these last few games, he scored uh, against Abj, a beautiful goal, credit to him. Um, I, I, and the thing that I like about Diaby is him running in behind the defenders. To me, he's not, um, he's not, a, he's not a wide player. He's not, a, he's not a, a, a winger for me. For me, he's a, he's a striker or second striker. Um, at wing, he, he, he messes up a lot of passes. Sometimes his dribbling doesn't function. Um, but the, the guy can run, right? So I can't really fault him too much on that. Um, but um, Steph, I'll throw it off to you. Do you think I'm being too harsh on Diaby, thinking that he isn't Spartan quality? Most definitely. And to you and to, to all the Spartan so others, for sure. Because I've seen that comment on Twitter, and it's driving me crazy. Because, seriously, what the fuck? I mean... Guy scored five goals so far. I mean, uh, it, am I missing something? What are you expecting? Perfection? Because if we're going to analyze every player like everyone is analyzing Diaby, then uh, Bruno Fernandes is not good enough because he misses a lot of passes too. And then Bajdos doesn't score every time he's supposed to then. Nani, he misses a lot of passes as well. If we're going to analyze every single player the way you guys are, and, and I'm going to say you guys because you just said it yourself, how you feel about the hobby, then, then, then the whole team will be criticized. The guy has, has evolved, has been playing better, has been scoring goals, has been playing in, in a beautiful way. So... What are we expecting from him? Perfection, 100% um, efficiency with his passes. I mean, with his dribbling. We don't get that from Nani. So why, giving, why give Nani a free pass and, and then give, give Diaby such a hard time? No. I don't see it the same way as you do. I don't see it as, as the same way as all, not all sporting geeses, but a percentage of sporting geese to see it. Like, they love to criticize Rene. I don't know why, because he missed one, he made one or two mistakes. Okay, so you tell me, when Mathieu made that mistake, when he got the, the, the red card, how come everyone didn't say anything? All of a sudden, oh, he'll think it What about when Coates made several mistakes that worked out on goals against us? Let's be realistic. We protect certain players, but certain players will crucify them right away. And I hate that. I really hate bipolar Spartanguistas. You know, you can have your own opinion, of course, you're entitled to. But then be fair and square. Look across the board. Look at the whole team and say, Epa, realmente o jogador que eu gosto também fez as neiras. And then we can dialogue. We can talk one-on-one -on -one and face-to-face -face about it. 
But don't be a hypocrite and then criticize Diaby when he scored five goals and he's been showing that he, he is a good player and he belongs to Sporting when your favorite players also make mistakes and you don't say shit about it. And that's all I got to say. I like Diaby and I think he's been phenomenal and he's been a key, a key player. That's all. Uh, Patrick, how about you, bro? You think I'm being too harsh? Um, a little bit, yeah. I, I do understand uh, what you mean um, by uh, not being sure about him at all because he is a player who, despite being, in my opinion, decent technically, and um, you know, he, I, I do see him as a useful player um, in terms, certainly in terms of um, defensive work ethic. Um, he's not really at Sporting for that, so you can't really have. You can't really expect that from him um, on the wings. And in terms of um, you know, connecting the game in the way that Nani does on the opposite flank, he's not really that sort of player either. Um, but what he does have, as as you rightly mentioned, is great pace. Um, and that's also a reason why perhaps for most of his career he's been flirting with being a striker and a winger. No, no one's really sure what his best position is because when what, once he gets in behind, you know, he does have so much pace and especially for the Portuguese league which isn't blessed with uh, quick defenders you can definitely see uh, how he'd be useful it's just I think that's something Kaiser will have to work out um, so if we I think to me if I'm looking at a, a player like the RB and we defied uh, the game in the pitch into thirds um, the two thirds he's, he's not really compatible with um, a team like Sporting, uh, but obviously, in that once we get into that final third and there's space for him to exploit, um, that's when he comes to life and and that's where he can be really dangerous. Obviously, I think if we to compare playing left wing or right wing uh, versus striker, I think the most useful position for him would be um, as a striker. But even then, I think it'd have to be for specific games and specific situations. For example. Against Abs, we were already winning 3 1 and they were committing men forward. That's when someone like DRB will become very dangerous off the bench. In a similar way to what we uh, had uh, imagined Dumbia to be last year. Um, obviously, Dumbia was a player who used to be very fast and, uh, and certainly lost uh, some pace when he arrived at Sporting. But I think DRB could, could essentially play that role. Um, obviously, once Rafinha's back. Um, uh, and that spot for Bastos backup opens up. Um, it, it's an interesting option to have. I do think he's a good player. Uh, probably wouldn't have spent the seven and a half million that Sporting did on him. Um, but you know he's here. He's here now, and he is an interesting player. He has got five goals, which is worth uh, noting. Um, so yeah, I do think he's useful. Um, and uh, we just need to find. Uh, the way to best utilize him. Fair enough. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think it's mainly my my criticism towards him might be what you just mentioned there too, because we did spend quite a bit of money on him, and I don't know, maybe I'm still expecting more. But he did just come in, so you know, I'll, I'll heed your guys' advice. I'll, I'll I'll have a bit more patience on the guy. Um, you expect more from him? He scores five goals. What else do you want? Okay. I, it's not the goals though. I don't just look at the goals. I look at the link up play. I look at 
I I personally don't like I've seen him lose the ball more times in trying to dribble than him succeeding on the dribbles. I've seen him give I, away I, passes. I, I, I understand well, your losing, point with the okay, Nani. But but you have to take you have to take in, things into perspective. When he loses the ball up up in the field, no no Avs uh, uh, no no ultimo terço Avs dribbling a player. That's kind okay. He he didn't win the battle. He lost the the ball, fine, but he didn't put the 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 whole team in danger. Now, when you lose the ball in the midfield, that could 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 be a counterattack against us. That's a different perspective of things. Fair, but he doesn't play seen, that deep, so I won't really. That... I've seen Nani lose lose those balls, and I love Nani. I bought his jersey. The jersey I have in my hotel. Is Nani's jersey number 17. I bought it in Portugal But I have eyes. I see things. And and the thing I hate about 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 you know Sportingistas sometimes it's they don't look into things and break it down and dissect it. Oh o Diabo perdeu a bola não sei quantas vezes. But where did he lose the ball? Was he was it up in the field when he was trying to dribble and win the play to cross the ball? It's not fine, but it's acceptable because he was trying to win that play. He didn't, but he didn't compromise the team. What about when Bruno Fernandes or Nani or, 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 or uh, Dusek loses the ball in the midfield? And then we had quite a, quite a few of those plays against Ops. Could have, they could have counterattacked and scored the goals against us. It didn't, but it could have been. All I'm saying is, I don't know what people expect from Diaby. He scored five goals, goddammit. Okay. I'm pretty sure th- that's a good statistic. <laughs> no, that's for sure. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Um, anyways, we'll go on to the next question. Um, sort of also asked on Twitter uh, from at Lex underscore Portugal. Um, basically, he's asking who should replace Wendell. As we know, Wendell's uh, sustained a knee injury. Um, he's expected to be out for two months. Um, so for the next two months, keeping in mind, we do have January. So, um, I mean, for the first half, we'll talk about the players that we have. Then we'll potentially go into people that you want us or we may sign. But, um, yeah, out of, you know, Miguel Luis, Bruno Cesar, uh, we can go into the B team and even talk about Paulinho, Mark Tulio, and um, who else plays midfield for our under-23 team that I'm not thinking of right now? Uh, anyways, if you guys think of it, uh, you know, don't be shy. But Patrick, who do you, who do you have replacing Wendell uh, for the next two months? Or, uh, or Steph, who do you have replacing Wendell? It's, it's, uh, it's uh, extremely difficult. Um, because okay, let me see how many games do we have do we have left in December? Uh, we have a we few. Have we have at least four, four, if I'm not mistaken. Four. Yeah, at least four, if I'm not mistaken too. But shit, it's it's tough. It's very tough because uh, he he was actually evolving, playing better, and all of a sudden he gets hurt. Karma Fine. is a Sorry. bitch, you know. Yeah, but. Um, we don't have uh, we don't have really good options. I mean, we have Petrovic, Putek Pariu, 
Uh, we have, like you said, Bruno Cesar. But I would put on Miguel Luis. I would, uh, I would put the the youngster, or even Tulio. I like mm-hmm. Tulio. I like Tulio a lot too. Yep, I would, I would definitely give a chance to, because Petrovic is like a good replacement for du, uh, Dusek. You know, he's a uh, un trinco. So, to have someone with idea offensively ideas would be Tulio. Or Miguel Luis. Mm. And Miguel Luis is a little bit like Jovan Cabral because he's, he's young and to star him sometimes could burn them. I, I like to see them off the bench. Giovanni Cabral, I think when, when Pizet tried to, to start him, he kind of burned them out and it's very dangerous. So I would go with, um, I would go with Bruno Cesar for now and then. And then put Miguel Luis. So that that would be it for me. Fair enough. And uh, Patrick, you with us? Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, who um, do you for December? Yeah, go ahead. So I think I'd probably um, lean towards um, seeing a little bit more of uh, Miguel Luis, just because um, you know we have obviously uh, his spell that he he was in the tables with Seattle and he wasn't. Um, as good as obviously the hype around him suggests, uh, but with a new manager and a clear uh, idea, a clear vision in mind, I'll be interested to see um, how well he does uh, under those circumstances. Obviously, if it, if he's not to play, um, we still have some interesting, uh, well, not interesting uh, in comparison to Vendor. Obviously, it's a massive shame that he's out, but um, you know, perhaps Bruno Cesar comes in, um, who. Um, is an interesting, has interesting qualities, um, not the type of qualities I'd associate with Kaiser's uh, style of play and what Sporting have been playing lately, uh, which brings me on to the other option that you've already discussed, which is Petrovic. And Petrovic is someone who obviously isn't the, the fan favourite at Sporting uh, at all. Um, but he is a player who, in my opinion... Um, under Pozzolo at least he, he started to show a little bit more of what he's capable of and what yeah. he is capable of is, uh, is knocking the ball about a little bit um, in a composed uh, fashion, he just needs uh, he always looked to me like a player who despite not being good enough um, was also a player who was lacking in confidence um, and I think um, in this moment in time or, or so far this season Petrovic is a far more confident player now than what he was um, under George Zouz and, and whatnot. I think he's only he, he's only ever shown a better form whenever he's been out online. So hopefully he can he, um, bring some of that form uh, from his low spells in and, and being a defensive midfielder, he could probably slot in there uh, and push uh, Goodell um, into a more box-to-box role, which is uh, Goodell's uh, natural... Uh, position. Uh, so then we have Goodell and Bruno Fernandes just ahead of Petrovic. I think that's uh, in terms of what Kaiser likes to play and what we can expect uh, from a possession-based football team, I think that's the picture that makes um, the most sense. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'd certainly like to see um, what Miguel Luis has to offer still um, and, and see where we go from there. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I, I actually wouldn't mind Petrovic's there as well. I was thinking about that. I think to me, the, the more likely or, um, I mean, not even the more likely, but what might happen is Gudeli staying as a six uh, having and then having Bruno Cesar and, and Bruno Fernandes uh, as, as the eights. Um, uh, special mention from uh, from Leon Eterno, our, our, our uh, buddy over uh, Bruno Brito, who just couldn't be on the podcast today. Uh, he mentioned some of the B team players like Bragança, which I wouldn't mind Bragança as maybe playing at six yeah. and then pushing Gudeli up, but it might be too soon for him. Um, there's Bubakar, and then there's also pa- uh, Paulinho, who I who I didn't mention earlier. I think Paulinho at the number eight. I've been liking him a lot for the for the twenty threes. I keep saying the B team, sorry for the under twenty three teams. Um, so I wouldn't mind Paulinho there if, if you know we do know that Kaiser likes playing the youth, um, but I think you know. Between it, to me, it's between Bruno Cesar and Miguel Luis uh, for December at least. Um, moving into January, there are rumors that um, we're gonna get Francis Geralds back. We're gonna get maybe Matheus Pereira back, but Matheus Pereira is more for the wing. And then there are some some rumors of um, of Adrian Silva um, coming back for a loan spell. As we know, he's not playing much at Leicester. Um, Patrick, I'll, I'll take it off to you. One, do you believe most of these rumors? Um, you know, Gerald is coming back from an injury at Frankfurt. That's why he really hasn't played. Adrian also, you know, might be a great shout, but um, very expensive contract. And then he also hasn't played most of the season as well. Do you, one, do you believe these rumors? And two, would you even want these the, uh, any of these players back? And, and what do you think of these potential moves? Uh, personally, I'm not... In terms of Adrian, I know he's a fantastic footballer. Um and certainly if Sporting were really, really desperate for a player in that position uh, long-term, I'd welcome him. Um, but I'm not really a fan of bringing back um, former players um, under that capacity because, you know, Vendel's going to be out for two months after. Once January uh, is over, you know, February, March time, he's back in the side again. And, and that's what we want. We want to move forward with a player like Vendel who has plenty of potential to explode onto the scene. Um, and if we bring Adrian in all of a sudden, that sort of uh, takes away the progression uh, that, that he's got at the moment. It takes away his path a bit um, if the manager fancies Adrian um, a little bit more, of course, that is. Um, so I'm not really keen on Adrian coming back, despite him being a great player and, uh, you know, a, a, someone who sporting regard dearly. Um, the other option is, of course, Gerard, which I think is a, is a far more appealing um, uh, proposition for me. Uh, he obviously has had his difficulties with injury and, uh, and has, hasn't been um, in the plans for Frankfurt so far, so it's been a bit of a nightmare for him. Um, and he's obviously one of those players who uh, many sporting fans would have liked to have seen uh, in the squad's already this season I think he can he still has time should in January he return he still has time to return to uh, an interesting role which in my opinion um, is battling for a first team uh, position I think he's got all the qualities to do that and to offer a healthy competition for Vendor uh, once he's fit as well um, I think that's a more suitable uh, avenue for Sporting to pursue um, both financially 
um, and in terms of planning. And uh, it, it, it could be a very important uh, moment for Giraud uh, as a player. Um, it could be, you know, finally his time um, that he finds his, his space, his little space as a, as a sporting player. So I would like to see Giraud uh, return over um, Adrian coming in online or, or a permanent move. Fair enough. And, and Steph, how about you? Gerald, Adrian, what do you make of them? Well, they're both good choices, but uh, uh, I'm going to agree with uh, Patrick on this one. Um, I mean, I do agree with him on a lot of things, regardless. <laughs> uh, but um, I would give a chance to Miguel Luis, and I would give a chance to Tulio. Uh, they in full rhythm. Uh, Miguel Luis plays for the sub-23 team, Tully as well. Uh, Gerald has not been playing uh, for his team in Germany. Elian uh, Silva has not been playing for his team in Leicester. So I'm not saying that I would welcome them back. I would. Uh, but it would stop the progression of players like Miguel Luis, and because we're talking about a replacement for Wendell because he's hurt for two months. Am I correct? Well, that's the reports. but okay, um, Exactly. Who knows? Who knows? So it sucks because, God damn it, the guy is taking off, he's playing well, and then he yeah. gets hurt in a stupid yeah. play. I saw the play, and it didn't seem like nothing much, but he landed on his knee pretty badly. And to sorry, just to cut you off no, quickly. It's good. No, it's fine. To me, that is a clear foul, and the referee doesn't even call it, which is whatever. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. But but sometimes it depends how you fall. It could be a stupid fall, and you get really hurt, and that's what happened to him. I've seen. I think Basdosh fell on his back, and I thought it was going to be like, oh my god, we out of Basdosh can be out for a couple months, but no, he was fine. Yeah. But you know, sometimes you know your back can sustain a certain amount of pressure, but your knees cannot. You know, and the way he fell with his knee against the turf, and the turf is hard. We tend to think that's a, a cushion, but it's not. It's turf, and you know, apparently it was pretty bad. And he twisted his knee, the ligaments, so now he's out for two months. It it sucks. It really yeah. sucks. You know, because yeah. I was very excited. I was super fucking excited. I'm like, finally. We found the chemistry for that midfield, and we're just going to take off and dominate. And then, goddamn fucking bad luck, he gets hurt and he pisses me off. Put that you. But anyway, you know, it, I, I was really stressed out when I saw the play, besides the videos I tweeted. But anyway, um, but if Andrian Silva comes back, I'm not going to be upset. I'll be happy. But like Patrick said, it's going to stop the evolution of. Of uh, Miguel Luis and me personally, Tulio. Uh, but he'll bring experience as well and stability. He knows the club quite well, and he understand he knows the league quite well. So that's a that's let's look at the positives. That's also positive. Mm-hmm. And Gerald's, I don't know. I'm I'm skeptical now. I mean, he didn't play full time at Riwab. He played. Some games, some games he didn't play. I think he, he played to... most of the games that he off, to be fair. Uh, it was like a 50 50. 
Pay attention to it. And I you'll think see. he had a, about 20 games last season, if okay. I'm not mistaken. Then he but, came back to the preseason. Enough. I'm not going to blame one on, on that, but, you know, because it was Poseidon. But he went to Germany. He didn't even play one minute. 30 games. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I would walk him back. I would walk him back too. Maybe with Kaiser, it would be different. But maybe he needs to change his demeanor the way he is and give it all and show that he really wants to play at Sporting and give it all. I like him personally, but it's kind of getting iffy now. No Rioab jogava bem, mas não jogava os jogos todos. I mean, he went to Germany, didn't play at all. I know he got hurt recently. I understand that. And then, the, you know, the preseason, he was okay. So, I don't know. I would welcome back him, too. I like him personally. But you got to give it a lot more. You playing for Sporting Club Portugal, não é, não é uma equipa qualquer. Either yeah. you come over here and you give it 100% or you stay where you are and you'd be happy. That's all I got to say. Yeah, fair enough. And um, so I left one of the, the midfielders out. Um, we talked about him on another podcast, but sort of a two-part question. So, you know, as we know, Tiago Fernandes is going to Shavs. Um, he had a, a year's contract with us for the under-23 side. So I'm assuming either we got paid or maybe a player is coming for maybe a cheaper price. I'm hoping that's the case. Um, one of the players that has been linked to Spartan for the last few weeks now from Shavs, obviously I'm talking about Stefan Ishtaku, um, my fellow Luzar Kanedianu, shout out to him. <laughs> um, Steph, quickly to you, I know on the earlier podcast that we mentioned them, you, you wanted to see him at a full year at Shavs. Do you still, do you still uh, think that way? Do you maybe change your ways or, or your, your thoughts? Um, what, what are your thoughts on Ishtaku at the moment? Well, my thoughts are the following. If Estacio is going to come to Sporting and he's going to play, then be it. Let's go. Let's bring him in. The play is full of rhythm. He knows the Portuguese league quite well now. Let, let's do it. I mean, he's going to have to deal with the uh, uh, the stigma of uh, playing for a big club. It's The, the weight of the jerseys is way different than playing for Shafts. All due respect to Shafts, don't for get sure. me wrong. But now you're playing for Sporting for Portugal. Uh, you're playing for in the league at all, but I mean, it, it's a different uh, uh, fan base. You're talking about 35,000, 40,000 uh, uh, fans in each game at home, so not 3,000. It's way different, the pressure. The media is more on top of you. They control your life. They, they, you're under the microscope. Um, so if he comes in, then, then we go back to Adrian Silva, you see what I mean? Now no. we have to, too many midfielders. So, so I'm I'm guessing that if he comes in, and the Silva won't, because we have to pay part, a portion of his salary to Adrian Silva. Because Leicester is not going to say, okay, we can buy him and we pay for the whole, full salary. They're going to ask us to pay for a portion of his salary. So if if, if you're losing. Luzu Canadiano comes to, to, to Sporting, then I don't think we should get it against Silva. Agreed. Or Geralds. But it looks like Geralds will come in for sure because he's a Sporting player. So my bet would be Geralds coming back, and if we get Ustazio, he'll, he'll be a Sporting player, and then Andrian won't come. 
But if Yastazic comes, I like it because he's, he's a, a young player full of uh, confidence, playing well. And let's see if he adapts to, to the necessity of the club. And the faster, the better. Because we need a player to just come in and stop playing. Because we're still involved in four competitions. So yeah. I am excited. Let's see if he can hold on to the responsibility that uh, will come upon him to play for a big club. Yeah, uh, agreed. And, and just quickly, before I forget the point, I think that if I agree with you, if we do get a Stockyu, we won't get Adrian. Or if we get Adrian, we shouldn't at least get a Stockyu. Um, and I think it's a stock, whatever, a stock you, a stasu, whatever this fucking name is. Stefan, you fucking Canadian. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Yeah, if I think if we get one of them, we could still bring back um, uh, Gerald's because a stock you plays more of a six, and then Gerald's can play more as an eight. If we don't but get back, it's, you it's know, not so- only dead. I mean, don't forget, Gerald's is a sporting player, and Rien is not. No, for sure. I'm just, we're obviously talking hypothetical. Got it, got it, yeah. É mais fácil os Geraldes vir, porque é nosso, do que o Andriano não é nosso. And we still have to pay a portion of his salary. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, Anyways, Patrick, off to you as well with with Ustaki. What do you think of the of the Shad's midfielder, and and do you think he can fit into Spartan? Yeah, I think um, when we talk about uh, the number of midfielders and the options that we got, do we bring this guy back? Do we um, turn that guy down? I think... um, Stacky has a different, um, he has an advantage with regards to the other players because he's actually the type of midfielder that I think uh, Sporting needs. Um, he's the type of midfielder that's been missing uh, since we uh, sold um, William. And when we talk about Goodell uh, not really being a, a, a deep line playmaker, he's more of a box to box that's quite neat on the ball. Um, if we sign Stacky, then um, we, we tick that box. Uh, so, um, you know, regardless of whether um, we have many midfielders or not, we, regardless of uh, whether we have uh, you know, a numerous amount of midfielders, we still need that specific profile, um, yeah. which is a defensive midfielder who can construct from deep. And I think um, he'd be a very good signing, a, a young player uh, with um, lots of potential. You know, he's... Um, his scope for improvement is big um, so it'd be a good investment and um, one I think sporting perhaps um, you know the talk, talk uh, isn't talk isn't new we've, we've been following him for quite some time now it's perhaps something that we could have pulled off um, a season or two ago um, so um, I, I'd definitely execute that plan and, and bring him in um, it will be a different experience for him as, as Steph mentioned the club is much bigger the expectations are different and um, the pressure will be on uh, from the moment he gets here but you know with a good manager and a clear plan in mind um, I don't see why um, Osaku uh, can't be a, a success at sporting he's certainly the midfielder that, that we need and it's um, a plan that I, I'd go for yeah yeah, fair enough. And um, finally, on the on the last of the team news, like I mentioned, Thiago Fernandes going to Shavs. We've seen little of him because obviously he didn't get enough time. I think he only had a week with us. Uh, but we've seen some of them on on Sportive on Sportive on on Sporting B. 
Uh, we've seen two games under him of, of him under at Sporting under 23. Uh, Patrick, quick thoughts on on what do you think uh, Tiago Fernandes can do at Shabs if you if you rate him at all or um, you know he's a bit of a funny manager. I think there's a there's a few people that really do rate him, and um, I think a lot of that comes from the fact that he's obviously uh, the son of a great uh, sporting icon, and he's He's sporting through and through. So there's obviously that sympathy towards him. Um, you know, but as a as a manager at the high at the high level uh, that is a Portuguese league, you know, we're talking about top flight football here. Um I'm I'm not quite sure where he fits um in that panorama and I'm certainly I know there was calls for him to be sporting manager uh, once Pozeiro left it was it was an idea I wasn't keen on personally, uh, because um I felt it was simply too big of a jump uh, for him to make and and based on what I had known from him. Um, but Shavs is an interesting project for him. We'll see how he does um, uh, with them. They're a team that needs wins um, and, and results. And he certainly uh, showed the capability of, of nicking results in his short spell at Sporting uh, in the top flight. And, and so... It could be an interesting platform for him to 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 demonstrate his qualities as a manager. Um, but you know, generally, right now, I'm not really convinced that he's he's got he's got it in him to you know one day come back as he says uh, to manage sporting. That's just me at this moment in time. But uh, I'll be able to come up with a clearer opinion on him um, after what he does at Shavs and whatever opportunity arises after that. Um, but all in all, a good opportunity for him. I, I certainly feel like going back to the under-23s, having been uh, the coach, um, was definitely a step back. I was expecting him to, in fact, remain as uh, a coach of sporting while Kaiser brought in his own people uh, as well. Um, um, but, some reason, uh, one reason or another, that didn't happen. Um, but yeah, good luck to him in, in his new opportunity uh, with, with Shavs, uh, a team who, who will be a, a tough task for him, um, but it could be the making of him. So yeah, good luck for him. Fair enough. And uh, I actually agree with most of what you said. I'm, I'm not too convinced by him, not yet at least. Uh, but how about you, Steph? What are your thoughts on Tiago Fernandes joining Shavs? Well, I want to wish him the best of luck, and I have no doubt he'll be successful as a young, talented uh, coach. I know he's been judged because uh, I believe he was the coach at Befica for the youth, and he's been judged about that. Uh, also, he, he's paid the consequences of his father, Manuel Fernandes, uh, speaking sometimes way too much on behalf of Sporting, and he doesn't filter what he says, and uh, because of that, he's being his son, he's criticized about that. But putting that aside, I really think he's a talented uh, uh, coach, young coach. Of course, he has to prove uh, uh, himself a lot more with uh, results now at Shops. But um, if he has a good coaching staff, and he conquers the players at Chops. I have no doubt he'll have a good season. 
And I just I can only wish him uh, the the best of luck as a Sportingista. I have no doubts he is a Sportingista too. Uh, regardless of his uh, of his past, we accept the George Jesus when he trains uh, Sportingist Bobby Fica, and uh, we welcomed him with uh, open arms. So I don't know why we're treating uh, Fernandes like uh, you know. I'm not gonna say like shit, but almost like shit, really, um, because of his past. But besides that, you know, best of luck to him. And um, like he said, on the other he'll come back to to Avalad and you will be celebrate celebrating the championship, Lanu Pombal. Yeah, that's right. He did say that, and uh, I hope honestly, I hope that's true. Um, that he does come back and he does win us a league. I'm not gonna lie, but um, mm -hmm. anyways, to end off this uh, this um, the game, I guess I know we got a little sidetracked, but to end off the game, who are your man of the match? Uh, Steph, I'll throw it to you. Who's your man of the match for this game? Uh, to me, would uh, know that'll be uh, Bash Dost. Um, he scored two two goals, uh, he's uh, he has um, proven himself to be un goleador. Um, I don't care if he renewed this contract to make more money. It's well worth it. It's uh, an investment. Um, I don't care how he did it. He came back. You know, if you if you were hit, hit with a fucking crowbar across your forehead, I would love to see if you didn't think about quitting your job. You know? So that's all I got to say. I'm always going to protect him because he really got hurt. And people kind of forget about that. And he scores goals. And he makes us who we are today. So every penny we invested in him, it's worth it. So MVP, Bajdas for this game. I love him. I hope he stays at Spartan for many years. Even if he got an increase. And I hope he gets another increase. Because he scores a lot of goals. If we didn't have him, it would mean that we would have to invest in another striker, and it meant that we would have to invest more money in another striker. So now why not keep the same striker, even if we increase the salary by a million? It's money that we saved if we bought another striker. I don't know if you guys get me. No, but, for sure. But if we didn't give him a million-dollar increase, uh, then we would have lost him. did contract. And then it, it would mean that we would have to invest another five, six, seven, eight million in a new striker plus his salary and bonus. So if we look at the whole picture, we technically save money with him, keeping him, and he scores a lot of goals. He, he scored eight goals in six games in the Portuguese league, Liga Nos. I don't know what else yeah. we want for, for this guy. I'm not like the typical Sportingista from whatever, from Portugal or even the U.S. or other countries, that holds a grudge forever. They hold a grudge. I'm not like that. I'm easy to let it go because I, I look at the whole picture at the circumstances and I understand why he did it. Because if somebody hit me with a crowbar at my job, I would think twice before going back. I would be skeptical. I would make sure yeah. that security... It's beefed up, and I would I would make sure that the person hit me we couldn't approach that area. And, you know, 
e se as pessoas não querem perceber isso, são burras. Não posso ser mais nada. <risos> And, uh... <risos> <laughs> sorry, that killed me right there. Uh, Patrick. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, who's your man of the match for this game? Um, I don't think there was many standouts, but I think for this one, I'd have to give it to uh, Bruno Fernandes, who um, uh, I believe got uh, three assists, three assists yep. on the day. So, um, you know, the cross for Bastos was brilliant on his left leg. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, and, yeah. It turned out to be a very good opening as well for the uh, RB squad. I was a little bit fortunate, um, obviously, with the defenders' positioning. Um, but in the end, um, I think we could look on that as a, a very good pass um, out um, to release the uh, RB. Um, the assist for Nani was uh, something that you could ignore, but um, you know, it, it amounts to three assists, and he's gone. Uh, with uh, four goals, four assists in his last four appearances as well um, under the new manager. So um, he's beginning to find his form again, find his feet. Uh, he's beginning to influence things in the middle of the park, um, playing as that number eight, which is what I like to see from him because he is a midfielder with um, you know, very well-rounded attributes. Um, and what when what when he's when he's able to um, play to his full capacity, he makes Sporting a a, a different prospect. Um, uh, not that we were very uh, good um, on Sunday, um, but you know what, what, when the, when the opportunity came, uh, he, he he made he made things count, and he uh, essentially tilted uh, the balance of things and and gave us the win with his assists. Um, obviously, you've you got the likes of Doss and, and Nani to, to, to make the difference at, at the other end or Diaby. Um, but um, I think um, he made our task uh, a lot easier uh, than what it could have been. So I'd give it to Bruno Fernandes. Yeah, and uh, I was actually going to give it to Bruno Fernandes too. I thought you were going to go with Baz Doss. I was trying to be different. But uh, I agree. Bruno Fernandes, I think, is my man of the match as well. He had... Uh, um, Really good game, like you mentioned, three assists. That third, that that assist to Diaby was was disgusting. Even you know he 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 wins the ball from Nani, turns quickly, crosses it into the box, and boom, Bazdost is there. Um, and fair play to Bazdost as well. I think under Kaiser, I was I was a little worried on on how Bazdost might adopt this style, but uh, he's he's done it in stride. He, he Bazdost is now making runs like. Uh, um, brilliant runs, really, just into, just getting into the box, making it past the the, the first defender, uh, like he did. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was against Liwav. Um, he he made that that little run. Uh, yeah, credit to both of them, really. Um, all right, let's go off to the Twitter questions before we're done here. Um, first question comes in from Zepereda, who is actually in our chat right now. Shout out you. Uh, Zé Pereira, he's at Pereira4785 on Twitter. Um, what's been the biggest improvement with the team uh, playing since the manager change? With the team play, sorry. Uh, let me repeat that. What's been the biggest improvement with the team play since the manager change? Uh, Patrick, I'll start off with you. Um, well, I, I would say just uh, uh, generally an identity. We have a plan now uh, when we come into games and that plan is what's um, 
getting us results is what's uh, uh, turning things uh, in our favour. We, we see the amount of passes we're able to link now and um, the way we progress up the field is far more methodical than what it was under Pozzadel, who at times um, relied on individual brilliance from someone like Nani or Bruno Fernandes or Jovan Cabral off the bench. Um, you know, we're, we're relying on 11 players now to really come together um, and put in a team effort, which uh, is playing the ball about uh, and, and dominating possession and, and progressing towards that way. It's what, it's what any team needs, be it defensively, attacking-wise. Uh, you know, a team needs an identity and that's what Sporting's got right now. Um, so I think that's, that's the biggest difference and um, you can only hope that from here we go strength to strength and um, you know, really turn this season on. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Steph, next question goes to you uh, from our girl Lauren Jenks, who is also in the chat. Thank you very much, Lauren, uh, for joining us tonight. Um, her Twitter handle is Mary Chipmas on Twitter, at Lauren Yano. Um, Steph, she asks, which player has impressed you the most so far during the Kaiser era? Um, actually, there's a two-part question, so I'll, ask, I'll ask Steph, uh, answer that first one. Which player has impressed you the most uh, under Kaiser? Well, two of them. Uh, it's been uh, definitely uh, – actually, three. Wendell, of course. Okay. Uh, Bloom Fernandes, he's, he's finally playing the way he likes it uh, with more freedom because Wendell allows it. And Yabi, um, a player that uh, under the Presedo uh, era only played five minutes, all of a sudden given more time. He's uh, uh, little by little showing his uh, skill set, is a full repertoire. And um, unlike what I'm seeing, he brings speed uh, and he can finish, finish it up. Expecting perfection from him, it's crazy. Uh, but he has proven that giving giving him time to play, he can be very lethal. Yeah, for sure. And uh, next part of the question goes to you, Patrick. But I'll I'll ask Steph as well. Um, how do you think Rafinha fits back into the team once he returns from injury? Um. Well, I think quite easily as we touched on. Um, Yabi's obviously got the goals uh, to his name, but I think Rafinha can add uh, goals of his own, and on top of that, a lot more creativity out wide. I think he probably, if we're to assess all our wingers, I think Rafinha is probably the most creative uh, a winger, and also one of the, one of the wingers with the highest amount of potential attached to him. Um, so, you know, I think um, it's a no-brainer to slot him in um, ahead of Diaby on that right flank where he can cut in on his left foot um, and, um, you know, invite the overlap for uh, our fullbacks, which uh, also like to attack, be it Bruno Gaspar, uh, be it Rostovsky once he's fit, or maybe even Thierry uh, Correa, um, uh, should he find his way into the first team. Um, so, you know, Someone like Rafinha, who, who can come in as an inverted uh, winger, um, makes so much uh, sense and I think um, would be an easy choice for any manager 
um, even Pazeda, um, uh to, to put on that uh, uh, right flank. Yeah. Uh, Steph, um, unless you have anything different to say, but how do you think Rafinha fits back when, once, he's, uh, once he's back from injury? Which well, is hopefully I, soon. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, hopefully soon. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm a strong believer that if your team is playing well, now you have to re-earn your spot. Agreed. So, yeah, so he's going to be without rhythm anyway, so you'll take him. He, he, he will play eventually and real soon. So, but I think Diaby will give, be given, uh, you know, the the starting spot, and then if he's not producing in the second half, he'll be he'll be subbed, and that's how you conquer back your 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 position in the starting eleven. So, but the, the good thing is, if if I'm Kaiser, I'm excited. Hey, I have valid good options. And uh, let's not forget that we're still involved in four competitions. People forget that. We still have a lot of football games. So we're going to have to rotate the team. So everyone's going to get a lot of games to play. So if you're coming back, it's just going to be more options for Kaiser. So I'm excited. Agreed. And I actually agree exactly what you said. I think him coming off the bench, gaining that rhythm, uh, it's a shame he's not back to play Vorska because then I'd give him the start um, because, you know, we're already through to the next round. I don't think there's a chance for us to make first. Uh, even if there was, it'd be very unlikely Arsenal would slip up. So, yeah, um, have a chance. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, anyways, that's it with the Twitter questions. Uh, yeah, that's it. actually an, some Andre official eight asks, do you think Spartiv International will ever happen? Who gives a shit after what they did to us? <laughs> um, last thing, predictions before we go. Um, I'll ask you guys predictions for the Vorskla game, and then our next home game against Nacional. Both of them are at home, in fact. Uh, Steph, Vorskla, what, what's your square prediction? Well, uh, before we go into the predictions, I have the modalidades. Oh, I was going to do that after, but either or. That's fine, yeah. Okay, so... Let's talk about the modalidades really fast, so sure. then we can go for the predictors for the end. Uh, so under twenty three today we won two nothing against Academica. Uh, our under nineteen juniors we won two one against Academica as well. Uh, Juvenis under seventeen we won four nothing at Sekevenence, which is that's a great great final score because Sekevenence is a good team. For whoever follows the youth, they know what I'm talking about. Iniciates, we we uh, we tied at home after being. I watched the game at six in the morning uh, against Spartak, uh, a team from Malentejo. They're a very good physical team, so we tied the game one one. We could have won, but towards the end, but we we tied the game. Uh, but it's only the second phase, so we still they still have a lot of time to. To make it up, uh, women's football, we lost at home to nothing against Braga. Uh, so people have a better understanding. Braga reinforced themselves very well, very well. They have four American players. Uh, I watched the game. Uh, they're very physical, very tall. These these players from Braga, they don't play a very tactical like a skill set game. It's very a very 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 physical game, so they prepared the preseason pretty well. 
and the the Bra the Sporting Club Braga in in uh, in in uh, female uh, ladies team in soccer, they looking much better than us. I hate to yeah. say, it, but it's the yeah. truth. They uh they they very very physical and they know what they're doing. The coaching staff they they know what they're doing. Futsal we won against the last placed uh, uh, team Riwav barely two one but we won uh, you know um, and then uh, women juniors won three two against Bifica and we in first place uh, in uh, hockey roller skate we won four two against Oasis and six one against HC. HC Braga, AC Braga, and volleyball. We lost three two away, but we qualified for the uh, round of sixteenth uh, of the Challenge Cup, which is a competition, international competition. So congratulations to our team. Last but not least, our judo uh, department were European champions. So congratulations to them for another international title for our sporting. And all this feedback was given to us by Leão Interno, Bruno Brito. Thank you so much, Leão Interno, Bruno Brito. And also to Rita. Uh, she's been very helpful in our page and helping us with feedback. That's it. Yeah, perfect. And uh, again, congratulations to the judo guys who got us another European championship because that's what this club is about. Um, anyways, talking about Europe. Predictions for the Vorskla game. Um, we're expected rotation, but um, nonetheless, Patrick, what do you think? Vorskla against, uh, against Sporting. Um, I'll go for a two-one victory for Sporting. Fair enough, stuff. Uh, same two-one. Two-one. I'll go with a two-nil. Our first clean sheet. I pray at least. And then uh, our next uh, home game, our next league game, is again at home. We have a stretch of four games at home. Uh, is against Nacional, Kostinger's um, team. Uh, Steph, I'll start this one off with you. Predictions. And the game will be on Sunday. Sunday, yeah. Or Monday. Uh, when, I think it's Sunday, but I could be wrong. One second. It is Sunday, yeah. Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard okay. Time. Okay, so, so we play at home. For the Liga Europa, and then we play again at home contra Nacional. For the league, yeah, and then we also play at home for the Tasa Portugal against Liwa on Wednesday. On Wednesday, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the two one against Nacional. Yeah. Two one, Patrick. Um. Yes. I will go for two 0 this time for Sporting. Two 0 I'm gonna go with a a four nil. Um, because Nacional's defense isn't looking that great, and uh, you know, Kostinga also relegated my beta mod, so fuck Kostinga. I'm kidding. Uh, anyways, that's all we have for today, guys. Thank you very much for joining us on yet another podcast. Um, thank you, Steph. Thank you, Patrick, for joining us, guys. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, it's Sporting160 underscore en now. As you guys know, like we mentioned earlier, Paige got deactivated but we're back with a new page bringing you the same good sporting content uh, content and even better without um, the sporting tv videos 
Without, yeah, we'll retweet them <laughs> if anything. You know, <laughs> uh, anyways, guys, a pleasure having you guys on. Thank you, and uh, thanks everybody for listening. Have a wonderful week. Hopefully, Sporting wins these next few games. And yeah, ciao, viva Sporting! Viva. <laughs>